This episode of Story Institute's Ramblin' Verser is brought to you by Timeless Tales. We bring you travel and fun, creating new stories in your life. Enhance your stories now. The hard part isn't writing. The hard part is knowing what to write. Well, hello there and welcome to Story Institute's Rambling Verser Podcast Episode 2. My name is John Murray III, and I have the fortune of being your host today. Joining us will be the voice that you just heard, Len Milbauer. He is the Learnertainment Trainer, and along with our cast here at Story, Story Institute, including Murray, Terry, and a few others. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. We start our episodes with a quote. This one is brought to you by T.S. Eliot. For last year's words belong to last year's language, and next year's words await another voice. And to make an end is to make a beginning. And begin our episodes last week we did. We were joined by special guest Walter Hunt. And uh, if you have any feedback for us, feel free to share it on storyinstitute.com. Send an email to ramblingverser at storyinstitute.com. Or you can Skype us at Story Institute. Or even call us at 615-713-1783. For our new listeners, welcome. We hope you enjoy the show and we hope you come back uh, frequently to to our site and and to this podcast. Writing can take many forms. Here on Rambling Verser, we try to to balance those forms uh, throughout the the short podcast that that we do offer. So we start today with with a poem by Thomas More. Terry's going to share that piece today. Terry? Sing, sing, music was given by Thomas More. Sing, sing, music was given to brighten the gay and kindle the loving. Souls here like planets in heaven, by harmony's laws alone, are kept moving. Beauty may boast of her eyes and her cheeks, but love from the lips his true archery wings. And she, who but feathers the dart when she speaks, at once sends it home to the heart when she sings. Then sing, sing, music was given. To brighten the gay and kindle the loving, souls here like planets in heaven, by harmony's laws alone are kept moving. When rocked, loved by his mother, lay sleeping as calm as slumber could make him. Hush, hush, said Venus, no other sweet voice but his own is worthy to wake him. Dreaming of music, he slumbered the while, till faint from his lip a soft melody broke, and Venus, enchanted, looked on with a smile. While love to his own sweet singing awoke, then sing, sing, music was given, to brighten the gay and kindle the loving, souls here like planets in heaven, by harmony's laws alone are kept moving. As you listen to our conversations with Len today, think about the poem that Terry just shared with us. Think about the imagery that that music generates. Think about the excitement that you feel when the beats start to begin and and the melody melds. Len Milbauer is... The Learnertainment Trainer. Len trains learning professionals to keep them awake so learning will take. In this conversation, we talk to Len about writing, about storytelling, and about what it's like to combine music with, with his craft. On top of being a published author, Len delivers seminars, provides instructional designs, and creates various products to enhance, enhance learning and enhance involvement for his readers and learners. He has written such books as Cartoon for Trainers, Training with a Beat, Showbiz Training, and a few others. Check out his site at offbeattraining.com. Hello, 
hello, everybody out there. Uh, my name is Len Milbauer. I am the Learnertainment Trainer. Uh, I write to get a message out. I, I don't view myself as the message. I view what I'm writing about as the message. And I write in part uh, for that message, but I also do a lot of other things. It's not just a case of being a writer. It's a case of helping people by giving them this message, and writing happens to be one medium through which I do that. So what, what, what type of books, what type of books do, you, do you write? What, what, what's your primary interest these days? Sure. Well, we should probably start with what in the world is a learnertainment trainer. And learnertainment is the combination of entertainment and learning. And I have a long history in the entertainment business. I actually, I started on stage when I was five years old. Uh, spent much of my childhood as a magician ventriloquist, got my degree in music composition, and went on the road, spent 10 years entertaining in nightclubs. We were a magic music act. We'd do things like uh, perform Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds while we floated the singer across the dance floor. While we're doing all that stuff, uh, all drunks aren't known for their long attention spans, so our pacing had to be fast and furious. And we discovered that certain songs and certain bits of business we did would attract attention. Others would uh, uh, slow down, uh, riled up emotions to other things. We'd get people emotional. And frankly, some things would make them want to buy another drink because that's what our job was. It wasn't until I got into the corporate and the collegiate worlds and started teaching that I realized that uh, there's not a lot of difference between drunks and learners. Uh, they both have short attention spans. So I began applying the techniques that I'd, I'd used on the road to keep the people in the nightclub focused on us. Uh, I began using those on learners and discovered, much to my amazement, that they worked quite well. Uh, from that, from many years of experience doing that, I developed this theory I call learnertainment, which is looking at a training or an educational or a presentation program through the eyes of uh, somebody in the entertainment business, like a show director, and how they might stage it, or like an actor and how they might present themselves, or like a comedian and how they, they might uh, bring in some levity, or as a musician and how music can help... Uh, uh, change people's emotional levels. So so that's what the works are about. Uh, my first book was called Training with a Beat, and it is how to use music to help people learn. Uh, another book is called Cartoons for Trainers. There's really not much to explain there. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's royalty-free cartoons for trainers. Uh, the third book was called Show Biz Training, and it's about staging a training event. And then there's a CD of game show music, game show themes for trainers, and uh, I'm a frequent contributor in everything from Training and Development magazine to other people's works. In fact, I was featured in a book called uh, 90 World-Class Activities from 90 World-Class Trainers. And finally, I have an online blog called Offbeat Online that... Uh, talks about learnertainment and what I'm thinking each month about what we as trainers, educators, and speakers need to do to reach our learners. And one final example, and, and that is that this month's article is 
10 New Year's resolutions for learning professionals on how to be a better presenter in a classroom. So that's what I write about. Let's go back a little bit to to training with a beat. You mentioned uh, you mentioned that book, and it was your first book. But the one thing I found interesting about that that title are your characters, your your characters that you used throughout that book. Even if, though it was a learning and a training type book, you had distinct personalities uh, scattered throughout the book with little little stories thrown in. Okay, well, I use vignettes throughout that book and throughout showbiz training. Because uh, Abraham Lincoln, I'm going to paraphrase, once said, uh, people, people learn through uh, stories in a, in a way that they couldn't comprehend without uh, the story. Something like that. I, I'm sure I made mincemeat out of that, but uh, that's basically the idea. And, and I fell into the habit of starting, and I even do this with my articles, of starting a... Um, a chapter or an article with a story that relates directly to uh, to the subject at hand. For instance, in Shoba's training, when I was talking about how to use magic, the story that started that chapter was how uh, was uh, a man taking a woman on a date to see Harry Houdini, and the man being pulled up on stage. And as you're reading the story, at the end of the story, you realize that he's really, what he's doing is he's offering a toast at their 50th wedding anniversary and telling the story of their first date. But that doesn't become apparent till the very last second of the story. And the whole point of the story is that magical is, magic is, well, magical. So, yes, I did that all the way through training with the beat. Very good. So, so were you, did you base off of, uh, off of those characters that, that you already knew or, or individuals that you may have encountered? Are there any of those type of, uh, of people in the book, especially in the cartoons for trainers? And I'm sure that you've experienced the, those in classrooms being, being a trainer yourself. Well, some of the stories were real life. Some of them were, frankly, made up based on a need. Uh, but uh, I know many authors have suggested that you write about what you know. So uh, I wrote about what I knew. The story that starts one of the chapters in Training with a Beat is a story of a woman going down the aisle to get married who just isn't sure she can go through with it until she hears a certain song. Um, and that song was the one she fell in love with her fiancé over. And uh, then she decides she can marry the fellow. That actually was fairly close to what happened with my wife and I. Not exactly, but it, that the inspiration for that was um, my own wedding. Then another story uh, that I wrote, this one for showbiz training, was on how to theme a training event. What that means is what's the room look like, what's it smell like, what's on the walls, everything you can do to theme it to the environment. And I told the story of a old firehouse converted into a restaurant. I think I called it Firehouse Five, and and how this this family takes their grandpa, who used to be a firefighter, to this restaurant to uh, celebrate his 60th birthday or 75th birthday or something like that. And um, that was based on my father because he's a firefighter, and I just imagined the kind of place he would have enjoyed. So uh, a mix. Uh, basically, you have to know, know what you're going to write about, 
and um, then make sure that the story you're telling is aligned to the subject area. And, you know, this is, this is probably a key point for me. The hard part isn't writing. The hard part is knowing what to write. And, and where do you where do you find that that answer or that inspiration? Is it is it through the publishers or is it is it something that you you hear from an audience? Um, where do you find that? Well, in my particular case, because my work is so focused on uh, my own experiences and what I think, uh, I write about what I think. So what I have to do is spend a lot of time thinking about what I think. So I actually spend, I, I know I've heard, um, like, I, I heard Dave Barry, the humorist, talk about how he writes two hours every day or some such thing. And I think that's easier for somebody like that because they're, they're writing off the cuff. It's, it's stream of consciousness writing. But in the case of something like what I'm doing, I, I'm trying to figure out a meaningful meaningful way to turn adult learning theory, brain theory, into something actionable for people and tie that into entertainment. So I have to spend a lot of time thinking about how that all fits together. And so it's not unusual for, for me to write five lines in an hour and then put the thing away and come back to it at a, at a later date. So... Um... So when you when you end up coming back to to the work itself and uh, you're, you're you're reflecting on on those experiences and what you thought um, is any of that part of uh, unique to to your audience or is it or do you think it's relative to to uh, a reading or experience audience in general? Yeah, my my own experience is that when I try to write to the audience, uh, I turn out stuff that's not very good. The stuff that works the best, the stories, the articles, uh, that work the best are the ones I write when I've really thought through what I think, am sure what I think, and can communicate it clearly with illustrative examples. You know, the interesting thing is, uh, particularly my Offbeat Online articles, when I, when I write those, uh, I, I piddle with them, for, and it's torture, for two to three weeks. I have a really tough time with them. And then, all of a sudden, I, I read this thing and I say, "Hey, that's pretty good." And, and and before I know it, I just have to change two or three words, and the article is out there. But in the process of writing it, I had no perception that uh, it was good at all. It just at at some point, it just magically comes together. But again, the hard work is figuring out what I think, and not what would the audience like to hear. So going back, going back to the audience, you know, you you, you write for, you write for things that, that that you think about. You write for things that you enjoy. With this audience piece, you have a, you have quite a few really positive comments on on offbeattraining.com about about not only your books but but your presentations. Yeah, uh, the same thing's true on LinkedIn. Uh, I I the other day I. Ask some people if if they had anything positive to say, and before you knew it, there was twenty five, thirty comments on there. So, so yes, that is true. So, how does that uh, how does that impact you as a writer, as an as an author, but also as a, as a performer? Because part of what you do is is performing uh, so that people understand things a little bit easier. Sure. 
Um, I have heard one thing time and time again about myself on the platform. I've heard some negative things as well, as we all do. But the one thing I've heard, and it, it, it was encapsulized by a person who walked up to me after my first speech at a national conference, who said, finally, somebody real. So what I strive for is genuineness. And I think that's that's important in, in, in both the, the entertainment aspect and, and as a writer perspective because if you, if you don't hit that, then uh, that genuine, uh, genuineness doesn't come through in, in the material and people stop trusting you, stop reading, stop, stop, yeah. stop following. So I, I believe that, for instance, my best friend is the technician who makes sure my mic works and I make sure he knows it. Uh, I, I am perfectly willing to help the server or, or the busser who's cleaning the room in, in advance of, maybe it's a custodian person cleaning the room in advance of my presentation, I pitch in and help them. I make sure if there's a restroom attendant, I say hello to them because they work hard. Uh, I, I try to stay around as best I can uh, and answer any questions that anyone in the audience would have. Um, when I receive a positive comment, I know it's because of the thought that was put into the work. It's the work. It's not me. Yeah. And as long as I keep that attitude, uh, I seem to do fairly well. Good. Well, that's and that's important. And just just getting that that type of attitude out there. Uh, it's more of a servant leadership attitude than uh, than than the typical uh, typical speaker who comes in and just expects everything handed to him. Uh, but that that also helps you build relationships, and relationships are important. You know, as you you try to evoke that emotion that that you mentioned earlier. Um, do, do you have a, a, a pattern or a method that you follow from a learner entertainment aspect that, that you're always trying to reinforce? You know, you, you talked about evoking the emotion. Is there other things that go with that? I think you have seven guidelines from a learner entertainment yeah. aspect. Yeah, and there's eight actually. And for instance, music. There's music everywhere. People are born to music. They live to music. They have wedding. There's wedding music. There's funeral music. There's uh, happy birthday music. Uh, we hear music in the shower, driving to work, in the elevator, at work. It's everywhere, except often in our learning programs. Uh, they are sterile. And yet, music makes people laugh, makes them cry, uh, gives them emotion, to, gives them energy, uh, calms them down. So music is an extremely powerful tool that unfortunately is not used in a classroom. So one of the principles of learn entertainment is that the audio signal is equal importance to the visual signal. And I can prove that. And anyone listening to this can prove this to themselves as well. All I have to do is, is in a training room, turn on a video and leave the sound off and wait and see how long it takes anyone to start talking. I guarantee you people cannot be silent. They, they have to hear sound. And yet we pay so little attention to it. So one of the principles in learn entertainment, or one of the action steps, that is, is to mix in music. Oh, very good. Even when you're reading, uh, you have that little voice that, that goes in your head uh, while you're going through the words. So you do need some type of, uh, of, uh, of stimulus. You were, at, you were mentioning the stories earlier. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's pretty hard in a book to do music. 
But the stories provide the same sort of texture to the work. And now they're not an auditory signal, but they do help you there. And uh, for a writer, the best way uh, I can think of to do uh, an auditory or to en enhance the auditory is to use uh, metaphors and examples and words uh, that that ring, that uh, not not necessarily sing-songy in a Dr. Seuss sort of way, but that have a cadence to them. And you see a lot of the, the best writers write in some sort of cadence that even if you don't spot the cadence, it's there. Some of our best speech givers also speak with a cadence. So if, if you can... If you can write things, and I tend to do a lot of writing in, in very short sentences that are that are rapid fire whenever I can, so that so that there's a lyricality, a musicality to the words. Um, so that's how you put the audio in. Do you listen to music? Is there a particular particular uh, type of music that you like to listen to as you write or, or as you prepare for your presentations? Well, I'm a bit odd there, and and that is because my my uh, degree is in music composition, so I can't listen to music without analyzing it. Yes. I stop whatever I'm doing, and I say, "Gee, that saxophone part is interesting. What in the world is he doing there?" Wow! And before you know it, I can't concentrate. So I would say I'm not the norm. Um, however, there there are some things I can advise your your listeners. Um, who may be writers as well, yeah. uh, and and that is that music that your brain appreciates is okay. It doesn't almost matter what it is. It just matters that it puts you in the right mood for which to write. One of the things that will happen is parents will come up to me and say that my son listens to the most terrible music while he's studying, what do I do? And, and my my question and response is, how are his grades? And if the grades are okay, then you don't really need to do anything because it's working. Yeah. Uh, beyond that, I would suggest that slow minor key, figure minor key, something that is, makes you a little sad, um, classical music or a very, very light jazz or new age, beating at about the rate of 60 beats a minute, which parallels your heart rate. Mm -hmm. Is marvelous music to study and help your brain think. And of course, there's nothing like uh, fast up tempo Chuck Berry-ish rock and roll to put you in a good mood after you've thought too hard. Uh, I would definitely agree as well. You know, even from the the jazz and the the more classical, especially when you're trying to write a scene that that, that is just full so full of detail, you're looking for that emotion and those those type of things really bring that out. Yeah. So, um, one of the other questions uh, that I that I had is is additional advice for uh, for 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 writers and for authors, but also for people looking to do very similar to to what you're doing, uh, is is uh, taking a little different approach, is using using a a a speaker mentality, a workshop, a performance opportunity to to showcase the writing, but but you know you didn't start out that way, so. What kind of advice or what kind of experience can you share in, in that realm where uh, writing kind of took the backseat and the, the biggest bang for your buck is, is, is seeing you perform? Okay, so here's what I would suggest. Uh, if you're writing to be a writer, you're probably writing for the wrong reason. 
if you're writing because you are passionate about some sort of message, and it could be just poems, it could be mystery writing, but in that case you're just passionate about being a mystery writer, yeah. then you're probably doing the right thing. In my case, I didn't start out seeking to be a writer. Uh, I wanted to tell, to share with people my whole entertainment idea, and in the process of researching the the presentation that eventually became the book Training with the Beat, I found I ended up with enough research to write a book. And a, a publisher heard the speech, and next thing you know, uh, I've got a book. Uh, conversely, any time I have intentionally struck out, or I shouldn't say struck out because that implies failing, but intentionally tried to to sell a book concept, it hasn't worked. It it only works when it's in a context, and the context is what you believe, what you're passionate about, what makes you you. And when you're doing that, you can stand up in front of people, you can speak about it, you can you can write articles, you can write short stories, you can write books, you can you can uh, record yourself in a podcast like this. You can you can do all sorts of things to get your message out and you'll be driven to do that because it's the message that matters. So I guess my advice is don't try to be a writer. Try to try to have an important message that you want to send out, and the writing will flow from that, and it'll be one of many things. Because when you have somebody who's really passionate about a message, they're not just going to write. They're not just going to speak. They're not just going to be a trainer or what, whatever their line of business is. But they are going to, through every avenue they can find and through every ounce of their being, strive to get that message across. Of course, the passion isn't enough. You also have to have the ability to, in the case of writing, to put a sentence together. So I, I wouldn't want anyone listening to this to think that any anybody can do it. You still have to have the technique. Very good. Well, and 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 of course, even in your world, you have you should have some sort of training for it, um, and some sort of aptitude for it to 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 get that. Is is that is that fair to say? Yes, I think so. And um, in my case, it was just a lot of reading. Yeah. So it's not like you have to take creative writing class to be able to do that. But um, passion will only get you so far. If you can't communicate that passion, uh, you can't get anything done. And the way you communicate it is through the technique of writing or speaking. Well, thank you for that. And uh, the last question uh, that I have is, is is about your books. Is there any one that uh, that is newer than the others, or, or something that 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 you're encouraging people to read right now, whether it's because of the economic times or? Or the the changes in climate in the business world is is there anything in particular uh, that you have written or any of your seminars that that people could take a look at uh, to get a little little different view uh, not only in writing but learning in general? I don't know that we should limit it to myself. Uh, the one thing I would suggest is a general statement as far as the economic times we're in. Yes is, uh, and the uncertainty that's about us, is doing a study and doing some reading on creativity would probably be um, very useful. 
And for somebody that wants to be a writer and have, have a message, or somebody who is a writer and wants to sell more books, a, a book by the Heath brothers, uh, Chip and Dan, I think is their name, called uh, Made to Stick, is a marvelous book for that. For anyone who is a writer and wants to figure out how to be able to uh, present their message on a platform, I would recommend my own showbiz training. And for anyone who wants to harness the power of audio, I would recommend training with a beat. And uh, finally, I would say that there is a a uh, brand new book by Malcolm Gladwell, and I'm sorry, I don't even remember the name of it, but it, it has just come out talking about uh, the people who are successful and whether that was all talent or whether circumstance played a role. And uh, I think that book is extremely useful because it, it gives you a sense of context so you, you don't beat yourself up and be too hard on yourself if you don't have success when really it's more the fault of the circumstances than you. And so I, I think it's a good time to, to focus on creativity books and and how to make your message stick with people and how to, how to stage yourself, how to present yourself for your message. Those are the kind of things I'd be looking at right now. Is the book by uh, Gladwell, is that The Outliers? Yes, thank you. That is the title. Yeah, and Gladwell's uh, written uh, Blink as well and The Tipping Point and, yeah. and whatnot. So. Great, great, good, good, uh, good conversation. Thank you, Len. And uh, you can find more of Len's uh, work and, and information on offbeattraining.com. And uh, uh, Len's a speaker, a, a writer, uh, but but he's also an entertainer. So uh, stop by the site and, and enjoy. John, I want to say thank you for to you for inviting me to do this, and to anyone listening here, I would like to say good luck. I, I hope you write that bestseller, that book you wanted. I think about R.K. Rowling and, and the Harry Potter books, and, and I know it's it's uh, fun to say there's a lot of books being read, but they're all Harry Potter. But the truth is we would all be poorer if that that woman hadn't pursued her vision of this alternative world. And uh, by her sheer determination, she created much more imagination in kids and adults around the world than they had before. And so I would say to you, um, pursue it. Make it work. Do your thing. Good luck, and, and I hope someday I'm in line to get your autograph. And in the terms of learner entertainment, break a leg. Len shared some great tips with us today. So we wanted to thank Len Milbauer for joining us on Story Institute's Rambling Verser. And don't forget to visit him on offbeattraining.com. We're going to end our conversation today with a short story prompt or a novel prompt or however you want to look at it, but it's a prompt for you to start writing. And if you've already started, it's a prompt for you to keep writing. Terry, can you share with us the writing prompt for this week? Sure. Here's a short story topic to consider. Soothing sounds of romance. Soft, harmonious notes simply soothe the soul. They provide opportunities to rest and opportunities to romance. During a concert, anything can happen. Looking into the eyes of your soulmate and becoming lost is still within the realm of possibilities. This is true for Bill. As he listens to the simple melodies and becomes engulfed within the placidity, Bill's gaze wanders to the oboe player as she fills the auditorium with these gracious notes. 
Does Bill meet the oboe player? Who is this musician? What music is playing? Does the music strengthen their relationship if there becomes one? Or does Bill just admire her from afar? Who is Bill? Did he venture to the concert alone? Or was he there with friends? Decide on the path he has and will take. Decide on the story and write. Post it to our site at www.storyinstitute.com or share it elsewhere. But write and enjoy. Here's a great poetry topic. Feel the music. Music by itself helps create and bring back memories. Whether you think about the rebounding of the bass, the techno touch of the guitar, the soft melodies of a violin, the boom of a drum, or the surging of the brass, new moments are created in your memory. Choose your type of music, classical, pop, rock, hip-hop, alternative, country, or contemporary. Focus on the level of excitement appropriate for your venue. Choose your words to match the rhythm of the music, slow and steady, fast and abrupt, varying as the words vary, or with small eruptions of greatness. Keep it simple, but encourage the surges of sound and emotion. Post it to our website at storyinstitute.com or share it elsewhere. But write and enjoy. Thank you for those writing prompts, Terry. And thank you for stopping by Story Institute's Rambling Verser podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we hope you'll visit us again next week. In the meantime, remember to imagine, enhance, and grow your stories.